What's going on, everyone? Kyle here. Welcome to the Soul Back Podcast. This is the R&B Podcast. I have Ed with me. Tom, where is... I mean, Ed, where is Tom? Let me tell you what my boy Tom is doing. He is enjoying the first few hours of fatherhood. Yes, my boy Tom welcomed his son into the world just a few hours ago prior to this recording. So shout out to him. Shout out to his lovely wife. He's home holding it down. Tom is somebody's daddy. Watch out because bad things are probably going to happen. I think uh, Tom is already putting him onto that music soul child. So uh, that child will be a soul child. (laughs) Well, let Uncle Ed come through and put him on that real stuff. I'm really going to be that uncle that's like, boy, you don't know what you did. Man, let me put you on the good stuff. That's going to be me. (laughs) <laughs> well, Ed, there's so much to talk about in R&B, but let me just first point out that with Tom not being here today, we had to bring in a, another special guest. We had Travis Cherry here last week, and Ed, you missed out on that one, so I had to you know, give you something as well. We have producer Troy Taylor with us today. Yes, Troy has been the mastermind behind many, many songs that y'all are familiar with over years. Going back to one of my favorite albums, 702's debut, had a big hand in some of Trey Songz's work. So I'm literally looking forward to talking to him about the state of R&B and what he thinks about this new Drew Hill player project, because he's going to have a big hand in that too. I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. But before we get him on here, let's talk about some new music. Um, we have a couple of songs to go through. Are you ready, Ed? Are you are you doing the homework? I always do my homework. Who are you talking to? I'm not Tom. Jeez. <laughs> well, let's start out with Tank's new record, Dirty. Tom and I talked about it on the podcast last week, so we don't really have to go into too much detail, but what are your thoughts on the song? You can imagine what my thoughts are on this song. Look, I know everybody loves Tank. Everybody loves him. He's great. Whatever. But I will be honest. Tank has drifted into that Kanye West category to me, where it's been like 10 years since I got a good album from him. It's been a long time since I got a solid song from him. So you're going to have to show and prove, brother, because I'm sure this song, which follows in the wave of When We and, you know, all of his newfound success, great. I don't know how well it's going to age. It ain't moving me right now. I ain't really feeling it. I'm sure it'll do well on radio, but it won't be anywhere near my playlist. Mm. I, I actually uh, took a sneak peek at the music video uh, the other day. It kind of looks like a porn video, so I think we'll be I, very excited about that. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Oh, so shout out to Tank. Hopefully, you come up with come out with a ballad or something at some point. But uh, I'm skeptical. Skeptical. I think that those days are gone. At least when it comes to mainstream. Damn. Um, a couple more records we want to go through. Monica, Commitment. Did you hear this song? Yeah, I did hear this song. I thought it was okay. Like, it's, it definitely sounded, unlike the Tank song, it sounded like a Monica song. It, it was missing a little something. I was trying to explain this in the Soul and Stereo Cypher. Check that out on Facebook if you haven't joined already. But, it was, it's like missing something that takes it from good to great. And I'm not sure what it is, but... I like, it felt like an album cut that would pop up and be like, oh, I sort of like this song. But it's nothing that really, really grabbed me. But it's Monica. Monica usually always shows and proves. But decent song, but just a little something, just missing a little something to take it over the top. 
Yeah, I mean, Monica's independent now. Um, she left her label, I think, after Code Red. So I was a little scared because, you know, you know how it is with these 90 artists when they go uh, independent. So when I heard the song, it sounded like a Monica record. And Ed, I think you're right. It is missing something. It's definitely missing a bridge. Yeah, which would have that, de- Which would have helped it. But the song isn't very memorable to me. Like, the only parts that I remember from the song, something about good sex and commitment. I don't remember any other part of that song. Which is great. The beat's, the beat's fine, but I don't know if this was the right lead single, but we'll see what else Monica, Monica has in store. Well, it's all about that hook, and that is what you remember was the hook, so at least that part got you. Yeah. <laughs> um, man, a couple more records, and I know we're skimming here because we want to save time for Troy, but Ed, this one is a rather interesting record. Carl Thomas, One With Heaven. What the hell is going on in this song? <laughs> a lot of people didn't like this song. I mean, I didn't think it was as bad as people said. It's definitely not what you would expect. I said that it sounded like something off the soundtrack of The Lion King 2. It's just, it's not a poor song. It's just not what you would expect. And he almost doesn't sound like himself either. I think one of the um, Cypher members said he sounded more like John Legend, and I could hear it. But yeah, it's... I don't think it's a bad song. It's just maybe I don't want to call it weird because that it makes it seem like it's bad and it's not bad, but it's just very unexpected. Yeah, I think that's how I felt too. And then when I saw the video where he's like in the desert, yeah, I was like, what's going on here? <laughs> it's like is it the new Black Panther soundtrack? It's just so weird. It's a real tribal sounding song. It's interesting, yeah. but just different and let me just say this before he dropped this record we had done a podcast and tom was like you know we need a new song or album from carl thomas and two days later that song dropped so let me do this we need a new album or song by brandy so next week brandy will have a new single out ed yeah she's gonna be singing in the desert in wakanda too (laughs) oh god um man i wish tom was here for this one but music soul child dropped a new record with uh korean producer jung ki the record yes. my girl and tom was going nuts about this on uh our chat but he usually does when a music soul child child song comes out so Ed, tell me about this song um now this song i actually this is kind of like the reverse of everything that we've talked about because pretty much well except the monica song we've talked about carl and we talked about tank and it not really sounding like their music this song, and I get why Tom loves it so much, it sounds like vintage music soul child. It sounds like him at his peak, at his biggest era. So that's why Tom is just losing his mind over it. As a song, it's solid. I don't think it's the best song in the universe like he does, but it does sound like a music song. It does sound authentic. It is great, and it is something I have listened to multiple times, unlike most of the other songs we mentioned today. But... Again, it's, it's a good song. And if you're an old school music fan, you'll really find a lot to love about it. I'm not buying the, oh, we've heard the song of the year hype that Tom is saying, but I like it. <laughs> well, I want to give a quick shout out to Junkie as well as all R&B lovers in Asia. They really love R&B over there. I was actually just uh, checking out my boy Daniel's, uh, Daniel Wong's uh Twitter and he's actually in Japan right now and he said that they've played Kevin Ross at least four times since he's been there. So 
shout outs to Asia for keeping no, R&B in, in, in their hearts. No surprise. There are lots of legends. I know Keith Sweat has toured Asia a bunch, and there are lots of legends that go through because they're still really accepted. And again, it's something I scream and fuss about here when it comes to the way the U.S. treats people because we are so much on... If you haven't dropped anything in six months, you've fallen off or you're whack or, uh, but across seas, we're, they're so much more respectful to our legends. So it drives me nuts that we so quick to write somebody off as fell off or they ain't got it no more. They're whack now. But overseas, man, they show love and as you should show love. Everybody's not a fall off. Stop. Ed, are you telling me there's people that are like your age that would rather listen to Takashi Six Nine than this new music Soul Child song? I guarantee you they are, and they need, all need to be punched in the kidneys. Man, <laughs> um, a couple more records I want to skim through here. We're well, not skim through, but anything that you have thoughts on. I know you'll have thoughts on this one, and maybe not positive ones. Your girl, El Varner. Oh Lord, here we go. Featuring your boy Wally, I know how much you love Wally as well. Boy, what a double dose! And to be fair, Wally's okay. I just feel like he's a little overrated. Um, mm. this song. Now I know everybody expects me to tear it apart. It's not a bad song. It's no refill. Now that's a terrible song. But no, it's not a bad <laughs> song. On. It's just I don't know. I, I'm trying. I was as I was listening to the song. I really was trying to figure out why I don't get the El Varner hype. And it might be I was listening to her vocals, and she's I like breathy vocals, but she sounds like she's out of breath. Like she need to grab the asthma pump or something. Like it's just something about her delivery that just completely turns me off. And in this song, it's a the production is fine. Not mad at the lyrics. But it's just something about the delivery that just not do it for me. She sounded like she like ran around the block and then ran in the studio and dropped the song. Not my favorite. Ran around the block and ran to the studio. That's that's a new one. <laughs> that's funny. it's accurate. Listen to the song. It's accurate. Uh, L will be touring with Marsha. I think probably next month, if I remember correctly, they'll be hitting the road. For Marsha's tour, so get your tickets and check out El Varner and Marsha Ed. I know you are very excited. Mm, good luck. <laughs> uh, what else do we have here? Uh, Sparkle dropped a new song after the docuseries by R. Kelly. I was going to put this into play of please because of the timing of it all, but the song's actually pretty decent, Ed. Well, and I, there has been a lot of discussion about the timing of the song, and I do think the timing is a little... A lot of people are like... Oh, okay. You had this all this time we haven't heard from you. And now you dropped this docuseries. And now all of a sudden you're back with some new music and you're peddling your music. It does feel a little weird. I will. Here's the thing I'm not too mad because I think that this is an opportunity. To, the music is an opportunity to tell her story. If you listen to the song, it's accurate because it's kind of in theme with the documentary. So I would have done, I think it would have been wiser to drop that song before the documentary came out. And still, if they want to use the documentary for the documentary, that's fine. Or wait a few months and drop it. But the timing of it is just icky feeling. And people are going to be turned off by it and not give the song a chance because it's going to seem like she's capitalizing. 
I mean, I'm a marketer. I'm in, I have worked in advertising, so I understand the importance of capitalizing and timing. But for this, it just feels weird. So I think people are going to get turned off on it by that. As a song, the song's okay. But again, I worry that a lot of people just aren't even going to listen to it because they're going to be like, see, told you. She's just trying to get paid. Mm. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I'm sure we'll have more R. Kelly discussions later on. So let's skip on ahead. Um, Ed, we got a couple of records that I want to touch on. Uh, first, we got to give a quick shout out to DJ Soulchild. We're not going to get into the song unless you want to. I actually heard it. It was pretty good. But uh, Lenny Harold dropped a new song called More. I haven't heard this song yet. Well, DJ Soulchild called it an instant classic. Um, I wouldn't go that far, <laughs> but it's actually a pretty good song. Soulchild calls everything an instant classic. Shout out my boy, but that brother likes everything to be a classic. So, again, I haven't heard that, but <laughs> if he likes it so much, have fun. But I'll be suspicious, mm-hmm. and I will, I will be the judge when I hear it. Absolutely. Um... I want your take on this. Ella May, she dropped her third single, Shot Clock. Can she go three three for three with this one? A lot of people really like Shot Clock. To me, it, was a, it wasn't it was the best song. I wouldn't have gone with that next. Well, actually, I probably would have gone with that next because a lot of people love it. It's not my favorite from... I felt like she had better songs on the album than that one. But it wouldn't surprise me if that one... I don't expect it to do trip or boot up numbers. But I think it's not bad. And it's definitely the one she should go with next. So we'll see if she can keep the momentum going. Not too confident. I don't know. But it's a logical next step. Fair enough. I want to announce some news. Uh, Shaka Khan is ready to release her upcoming album, Hello Happiness. Are you excited for new Shaka? I'm actually a big Shaka fan. So I wouldn't be mad to hear this because I'm sure that when she comes, she always delivers. And we've heard a few select tracks here and there from her over the years. And, you know, they're always very enjoyable. Am I expecting a legendary hit from the 80s? Not really. But if she can just be true and not out here trapping, I'll be happy. And the last new song that came out is Chrisette Michelle, Don't Pull. We've talked about Chrisette Michelle extensively off the air. But what do you think of this song? I haven't heard this one either. I didn't even know that she dropped it. Uh, I really want Chrisette to get it together. I honestly do. A lot of people think that I have like some beef and grudge against her. I don't. Many people know I was a big fan of her music kind of early on, but she's made some terrible mistakes. And I think a lot of times people try to, she tries to play the victim. And I think that's unfair because you did it to yourself. So we should not be playing victims. And you got to own up to what you did. It was an unwise move. And you got caught up. It was a publicity stunt. I won't say publicity stunt. But it, you, she did stuff for publicity. And it didn't work out the way she did. Now you got to pay the consequences. So I ain't going to. Not here for the pity party in that sense. But I do kind of hate that a very talented artist is caught up in drama. And we've lost the music. If this song puts her back on track. Yay. Because I always say you're one hit away from redemption. I don't know if this is going to do it, but I have to reserve judgment until I hear the scene, the song. Fair enough. Now, we don't really have a lot of play of pleases this week, Ed. It seemed like a pretty slow week for music, but I think I got something for you. What you got? Uh, your boy Soldier Boy, uh, he 
created a video game console a couple of weeks ago, and apparently he's getting sued now. <laughs> I will kind of reserve. Oh yes, I will kind of reserve my Soldier Boy rants because I have gone ballistic on social media about this, and I want to kind of reserve it because I don't want to get too hip hop in this. And we'll be able to talk a little bit more about that when um, Troy chops in anyway. But <sighs> Soldier Boy has unfortunately, because he went on the Breakfast Club and did one interview where he claimed that he basically is the godfather of all the music we're hearing today. And it's true, he is. So suddenly now he is being celebrated as the king of hip hop. And everything he does is fantastic. And Soldier was telling the truth. And oh my gosh, he's a businessman and y'all just being mean to him. This video game nonsense shows what Soldier Boy really is, a moron. Like, this is just completely stupid. I don't care that he is rich. There's a lot of rich, stupid people. Look in the White House. I don't care what your checkbook look like. The point is, Soldier Boy did father the music that we have now. But that's nothing to brag about when that music is hot garbage. So, yes, he is the forefather of all the garbage that we're hearing. And y'all need to stop believing what all of these people go on the freaking breakfast club and say, I'm going to go on the breakfast club tomorrow, Kyle, and say I invented Kool-Aid and ramen noodles. And then Twitter would be like, well, he said it on the breakfast club. It must be true. Need some context clues, player. Oh, my gosh. So, so good. Yeah, I'm in my feelings now. I'm hot. <laughs> But Ed, this video game console, I think he was getting sued because he put, like, actual video games in there, like Mortal Kombat, all of our yes, favorites, he, Super Mario. Yes, he put it in there. But, player, you can't do that. So. <laughs> and then he does it, and then people are like, well, he can do it because, you know, he's a great businessman, and he's just from the hood, and he don't know no better. There's no, that's how people end up in jail. You don't know no better. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to need to get one of those for Christmas, too, because I want to play Super Mario and Donkey Kong on my at home. Play. If you want to play Mario and Donkey Kong, get one of the SNES Classics or something. Don't go to jail over freaking Soldier Boy. He got no money to bail <laughs> you out. Fair enough. <laughs> um, Ed, we're going to have Troy Taylor on the podcast. Now, let me give this guy an introduction here. First and foremost, he created Sweet Lady by Tyrese. So that should automatically put him in the Hall of Fame because that's one of the best R&B songs of the 90s. Um, He's also responsible for Trey Songs, Kevin Ross. He's had a hand in Carl Thomas as well back in the day. And he's also working on the new Drew Hill album. I want to welcome to the podcast Troy Taylor to get his thoughts on R&B. I want to say since Soulja Boy started, um, not to give him any any shine, but I want to say that when his era started, he's like the grandpa of this trap hip hop stuff that is all over the radio now because he made it popular on social media before social media was really booming. And so it took its time. It took its time where R&B had a rapper to, you know, thing. And then all of a sudden it was like, your single ain't dope unless you got a rapper on it. And then it was like rapper with an R&B singer on it. And now your single's not dope if you have an R&B singer on it. To the sing- to the rapper doing their own hook, to not needing an R&B singer. So now R&B becomes uh, Urban AC. And now that skews old within our community automatically. So you got people trying their best to stay as edgy and, and catchy and 
I call it skippity doo dah because it's like really just like skippity doo melodies and lyrics. You're not really saying anything. The melodies are not long, but they're rhythmic and they're fun. And I often tell people there are more singers, there are more non-singers in the world than there are singers. So if you cater to the non-singers, you're going to have a hit record because if you can make people mm. feel like they can sing, then they're going to buy it. If people hear you and, you and you're so dope and they can't sing along with you, they'll listen and they'll tell people about you, but they won't take it in their own. They won't buy it. They won't have it to themselves because they can't sing along. So it's like, eh, I don't sing like that. So I like the song, though. But you make them feel like they can sing, then it's the sales, the streams, everything is going to go up. And I like to talk about the Motown sound because the Motown sound made everybody in the house feel like they could sing. The melodies were simple, and they weren't complex and hard. You could sing along. Your uncle's going to definitely be David Ruffin. He, he's always going to be David Ruffin. Your auntie's going to be Diana Ross. You know what I mean? She's going to grab the comb, and she's going to feel like she can sing. They can't sing, but they feel like they can. And today's music is the same. Everyone feels like they can do all the music, all the songs that, you know, the rappers are doing because truth be told, and I'm saying a whole lot, but the truth be told, uh, rappers really want to sing. They don't want to rap. If they could sing, they wouldn't rap for sure. So the closest they can get to it is, is rapping, so be it. But then here comes autotune making them feel like they got wings, and now you can't tell them nothing because if you put it in the right key, they actually can sing. So now that makes people who can sing over sing and Mm -hmm. then excuse older. So now, you know, with Jacques saying what he said, I'm not focusing on who the king is. I'm focusing on how everybody got in their feelings, and now all of a sudden they want to prove that they can sing now, which means that if everybody is doing it, that means R&B becomes mainstream because everyone's going to be doing it at one time rather than here and there. So is he the king? That's not the point. He said of his generation, and of his generation, they're rappers that wish they can sing, and he's the best out of all of them. So I guess he is. You know what I mean? So I don't care. I just know that everybody wants to sing now. Everybody wants to shut him up and sing their best, and that, makes that, that means that R&B becomes mainstream, and that's all I care about. Great point. <laughs> With the Man, you're you're going to be a... And so you're going to be a great addition to this podcast. But Ed, are you ready over there? <laughs> I I am ready, and it's a lot of Tro- that Troy said that uh, we can unpack. But one thing that I want to point out is that with the kind of breakdown of how we got from early eight, late eighties, nineties, all the way to where we are, and he gave a great timeline of that. The one thing that I am um, I don't want to say skeptical of, but with this. R&B King conversation, because I made a lot of points. He just made a couple podcasts ago. I feel like for this stick, though, like it's got to go beyond hashtags and it's got to go beyond hype because we know how social media is. If it's hot in the moment, we all on it. Two days later, something else on it, we on something else. Now we all talking about Soldier Boy, whatever. That's a whole right. other rant for another day. So if we right. want to keep this R&B thing in the conversation, to me, the emphasis is on the artist to come through, and I need y'all to deliver some heat. Y'all know, I already know what I feel about Jacquees, but if he the king, whatever, I don't care. But this next album got to be hot. I need these veterans who said, no, I'm the king, to come back with something hot and not just kind of, I'm just going to do what's hot and, and trendy in the moment to kind of get these trendy young folks on my side and, and kind of ignore my core fan base. 
2019 if we having these conversations. If everybody steps their game up, now the eyes on R&B, we good. If everybody's well, that's what I'm saying. continue to coach, that's exactly what I'm saying. Then we struggle. Because listen, you got all these dope singers trying to prove that they can be cool. And so when Jacques says what he says, which by the way, Jacques sings R and B. Period. I don't care whether he can sing or not. I don't care whatever he sings R and B. I've sat with him and, and played him tracks and songs. And if them songs come on and they sound anywhere near trap, he tells me to go to the next one. He's dedicated to R&B. I ain't seen a young kid dedicated to R&B in a very, very, very long time, period. So I don't care. I'm going to help him because let's go back for a second. I know you guys remember this particular moment. Do you remember when Trey decided he wanted to go after Kells? Oh, yes. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. Well, I was in the room, I was in the room that day when he finished, and I stood in the doorway and I said, please don't put that out. And he looked back at me and was like, nah, man, man, he don't need to be using auto-tune. And R. Kelly it was one of his, you know, he was a huge R. Kelly fan. So, and of course, everyone knows that. But he had, a, he had a problem with R. Kelly using auto-tune, and he felt like he, R. Kelly needs to know it. And he decided to put that out. So I was, I, that was Trey's, we were working on Ready, the album Ready, but it was only in the second stage. We went through three stages of that album, and we were in our second stage. We hadn't had Neighbors yet. We hadn't had Invented Sex yet. We hadn't had Say I yet. And it was like, yo, you're about to do this? They're about to cremate you. Now, social media wasn't as strong as it is now, because if it was, right. he would have been done. But it, 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 really, it really came, I caught the flag. Yo, your man's tripping he ain't, sell, he ain't even sell plastic yet. This nigga coming out the team. <laughs> Whoopie woo. Yo, who is he think he is? He sound like Kells anyway. He sound like a broke down Kells. Yo, he's tripping. Now, now here's the interesting thing about a sidebar. I was going through a divorce making that album. So I was miserable. I was the lowest I've ever been mentally in my life. So he comes in and does this, and I got to sit here and find a way to make sure this kid blow up because Atlantic is like, Hey, if y'all don't blow if he if he don't make it on this album, he's gonna get dropped. So all this pressure didn't help. So it was like, well, dog, goodness gracious, man, I gotta I gotta figure this out. Like he just made it extra hard to do. So the reason why the album's called Ready is because he decided to cut his hair, bulk up a little bit, put some clothes that fit his his physique and and clean it up and become a star. And for that, that's the reason why I called the album Ready, because he was finally ready. Um, it, it forced me to go a little harder and dig a little deeper to make sure that he had songs that were bulletproof, because that is what he was going to need after he decided to put that record out. So now when you got I Need a Girl, he already had Successful out that was doing well for him just on the radio forever. That record was just on the radio just like sitting there, you know, playing almost every hour. Need a girl, then we leaked as in it's sex, and then we leaked, no, we leaked, yeah, say I and then it's in in sex, and it just started taking off. So people couldn't hate on him. They tried, but they could not hate on him. Well, here I am with Jacqueline in another era, another generation of someone saying something crazy and getting everybody caught up in their feelings. All he needs is guidance. And it was into last week he said to me, I'm ready to listen. I hadn't listened to anybody since my high school football coach, and I'm ready to listen. And so when he said that, as humble as he said it, it was like, okay, 
he knows. He knows what he has to do. He said that, and he meant what he said, but he also said for his generation. And in his generation, they don't sing. He is the better singer out of his generation because they can't sing. So he ain't lying. <laughs> like, they're not singing, they're rapping, and they wish they could sing. So he's the better out of all of them. So I, I didn't, I didn't get caught in my feelings. I'm an I'm a R&B lover. I made my whole career off of R&B. I'm like, thank you, sir. Now you got everybody in their feelings coming forth, trying to be doing their best when they should have been doing it in the first place. Like, what? You're trying to be like the kids, and now you get mad because he said that, and now you want to, uh, what about Luther? He ain't say nothing about that generation. What about this person? He ain't say nothing about that. That's their generation. And I get it. I get I get everybody in their feelings, but I'm like, he ain't lying. He specifically said his generation. I could see if he didn't say that, but he did. So he was strategic. He was strategic in what he said. Now it's his job to make sure that he has bulletproof songs because they're going to come at him with a bow and arrow, with a cannon, with a, a freaking BB gun, with a – with a slingshot, <laughs> everybody's coming for him, and he knows it. So I'm I mean, and, and I, I feel that, and I have said that before, Troy. Like, if you're going to talk that talk, you're going to have to come with it. And when it comes to his last album, I, I, I don't know if I reviewed it, but we've discussed it many times on the podcast. And I have said that it did surprise me because it was better than I expected. So right. he comes, if he, if he, if you can back that up. Because you, you're right, I totally forgot about the Trey songs, R. Kelly thing. Mm-hmm. And that people forget how much of a firestorm that was. But because yes. it was before social media, it doesn't yes. last. Now, if that happened, and this generation were, they were kids. Good God. Yeah. This generation yes. was kids. It's not born, not even born yet. So they don't know. So now, now that we're reminding people of what happened, Trey did capitalize. If Jacquees can capitalize on that, I do agree he could lead the next generation, but it's all he's on him. Going to capital- no, he's going unless- to capitalize. You can't do it capitalize. We're going to have to see it because if he ain't going to drop it, <laughs> if he, you better talk it if you talk. He like got with me. He got with Sean Garrett. Yeah, he ain't stupid. The kid ain't stupid. He got he got with some heavy hitters. Uh, he got some songs. He's, he, he's very conscious of what he needs to do, and I applaud him for his boldness, though premature. But I can't say that I did not see this before. And so with that being said, when people ask me, I'm like, look, I've been here already. And the kid is searching for, he's reaching out to, he's been with B. Cox, he's been with J.D. He's not stupid. He he might be a little uh, presumptuous, but he's not stupid. You know what I mean? Like, he's not stupid. So he, he knows he has to back it up. And that's what he is going to do in the songs that I've heard and even the song that I did. Uh, I think everybody's gonna um, they're gonna want to hate, but they can't, they're not gonna be able to. You know what I mean? And and that's the thing for me. But like I said, if it caused everybody getting their feelings and feel like they need to get out here and sing and show Jacquees, then he has done his job. Mm. <laughs> like, Should have been doing this all along. I'm I'm not gonna say certain people because I ain't gonna do it. But certain people had a responsibility and they failed. And so. <laughs> I just think, I'm not going to say certain people who that name is, but I just feel like this. If they came out with some dope music, he wouldn't have had the balls to say that. So I'm going to leave that right there. So <laughs> he only point. said that because there, at that point there was nothing on the radio 
that was killing singing-wise to show him this is how you need to sound. He's the only one out there singing pretty much. Tank had his thing, but, you know, my thing with Tank, and I've known Tank for a very long time, and unfortunately he was held up when he was younger because he was in a contract and he couldn't come out like he wanted to and Genuine did, and he's sitting back watching Genuine blow up. Tank has been around for a long time, and he missed that window. Um, he is as R&B as you can get, and he has, you know, he went through a lot to finally get this lane that he's finally found for himself. Um, but it was due to the fact that he sounded a little older with all these kids on the radio. So it, it just made it automatically sound adult, and he got caught up in that urban AC world. But he really felt like, you know, he's looking at Trey, he's looking at Chris. He's like, man, I can, I've, I've been doing this, like taking my shirt off and all this stuff. Like, But it was like a window. You missed it. But now, Pink is, if you notice, you know, he's, he's always ha- he always gets one. He always gets that one. Always gets that one classic, you know what I mean? So he's got his one, and he's still, you know, in there, but R&B is about to become that thing again. So now it's like coming to your best sound with your best vocals, and I'm still here. I'm just getting started, actually. Right. Y'all there? Y'all. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's great discussion. Sure. And we'll get back to that later, but we just wanted to go through your history a little bit here. Um, mm-hmm. Ed, one of your favorite albums, uh, Troy actually was a part of it, was 702's debut, Ed. Talk, talk to me about that album. Yeah, man. So, I was very excited to talk about this because this is an album from my, um, I guess it was, it was junior high, high no, it wow. was junior high school. It was junior year. Junior year going into senior mm-hmm. year. So y'all know, like, those are the best years. So right into that right. 702 album, that's when I first got my driver's license. That one right, right, right. always <laughs> stuck with me. So, yeah, man, let's talk about that and and what you did and your mindset going into that album because that's one that's really a big part of my childhood. So, okay, so um, Mike Bivens, of course, because I did the Boys and Men stuff, so, you know, we had a relationship from that. And he had Todd Russaw. Todd was the A&R for the project. And um, this was my New York years when I lived in New York. I had my studio on 23rd Street. Um, They came to me. And my thing was early in in the 90s, besides producing and writing, uh, vocal production. So that was something that people knew me for. They knew that um, no matter what, you're going to leave sounding great. And that was something I prided myself off of. So that's pretty much how it really started. It was like, yo, I need you to, you know, vocally produce these girls and do some, give me some songs. And so it went from one song to two songs to three songs to four songs into even fixing one of Missy's songs. Um, I had rewrote it and played some keys on it. Uh, Get Down Like That was, was the song. Um, yep. So it was really because I made them sound good. And so... It, it kind of, like, made them feel like, you know, Biv and Todd, like, yo, you got to keep going. Like, they sound amazing. And the most important thing is I utilized all three girls. So it wasn't just Mila. Everybody was using Mila, but I made songs that all three girls could sing on. So, you know, I was definitely a favorite then because, you know, all three girls wanted to sing. So I made parts specifically for them so that it was, like, group. The same thing I did with SWV, like, when I worked with them as well. So, yeah, that was my frame of mind. I was very mean back then. I'm not as mean as I, as I used to be. 
Um, Mila, would, Mila would tell you that I made her cry. Um, oh, what you do to Mila, dog? Well, here's the here's the problem. They were young. They were still in school, and they had. It was like I I had to finish songs in a night because they had to get back on a flight, and it was like not fair because they hadn't really lived with the song. So I had to make them sound like they've been practicing the song for two weeks all in one night. So I was right. a little hard. It was a little pressure, but once you get a record deal, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> you in the major leagues now. So Yeah, I mean, it's your job. So. Yeah. So it, it it got done, and we laugh about it now, but I'm like, look, I, ain't, I, didn't, I don't care. <laughs> we got to get it done. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that that's rough. Mine, <laughs> that's rough, Troy. Oh. But, man, made my girl <laughs> cry. <laughs> but Ed, see the thing that I love about Troy is he loves R&B just as much as I do so I got a question for the both of you I posted it on my social media on our Instagram a couple of days ago Ed I know you saw it Troy I'm not sure yeah. if you saw it but I want your take on this imagine this being a tag team match who comes mm-hmm. out on top Tony Braxton's first two albums or Mary J's first two albums Troy before you answer it let me hear Ed's take on this because I'm going with Tony actually Okay, and, and and that doesn't surprise me. You're going with Tony, so like I've kind of been going back and forth with this on social media too, and oh, it's like neck and neck because if you're looking at the two albums, to me, from a reviewer's point of view, Tony's debut five stars. I give Mary's debut maybe four and a half. Mary's second mm-hmm. album five stars. Tony's second album four and a half. So like you got it's neck and neck. So the only thing that can tie break to me is just influence and impact on the industry, I'm going to have to go with Mary, just because that second album was just so monumental. So quality-wise, it's dead heat. But if we want to go with impact, history, historical impact, I'm going to give it to Mary slightly. But there ain't really no wrong answer here. No. Well, I'm going to chime in now, and I'm going to say you, you kind of like took what I was going to say, but I'm going to go hard with it. Uh, I say Mary because Mary started a whole culture of R&B for for women. You know what I mean? Tony right. was, you know, with Whitney. She was on that Whitney side, the Celine Dion side, so a Mariah Carey side. So that was, you know, regular good songs. That Mary started a whole movement. You know what I mean? From dressing the way she dressed, the the, the video, to the you know, made she gave that hood chick a voice. And she represented a whole a whole generation of different types of chicks that, you know, get teased because they're not the, you know, beauty pageant type chick in the high school, you know what I mean? So Mary represents that down chick. And so she started a whole movement, not just musically, but just period, image-wise. So I go with Mary because she impacted, like uh, Ed said, he, she impacted the industry more than Tony. Tony was just, to me, a female version of Babyface. Mm. How about that? Yep. <laughs> well, I was now, I'm say, not downing like... Tony. I'm not downing <laughs> Right. Her. I'm just saying she was a beautiful voice. She was beautiful songs. And that was standard because we had Whitney Celine and all them at the time. But that edge wasn't on the radio. And Mary was the first of her kind for that edge, which is the reason why she's got Queen of Hip Hop and Soul, Hip Hop Soul. Because she was the only chick that that was doing that at that time. Yeah, and it's yeah. easy to forget now, but back then there was no other chick sitting on the stoop doing the merry dance. 
None, with the girls none. in the background in the Tim. Yep. Like it, it was none. totally redone, <laughs> and she started that. Right. So that's why I said she, I'm going to go with Mary because she impacted the industry way more. No, for sure. But, man, Babyface and Tony Braxton, that chemistry right there, that's why, I, that's why personally for me I picked Tony just because, man, that, that chemistry. Babyface was – he was in another level when he was writing those two mm-hmm. albums. Yep. So. Oh, no question. <laughs> like, you got, again, yeah. you can't go wrong with either album. But I just – when it comes to changing the game, that's why I had to go with Mary. Yeah, same here. Fair enough. Now, Troy, we want to get your take on this. Ed Ed and I have talked about this for a minute now, as well as Tom, who's not on the podcast today. Just the music that's coming out from some of these 90s R&B artists, it's not, I don't want to say it's not as good, but Ed, it, would, you be, would, would it be fair to say it's not as memorable? It's fair to say it's not as memorable. It's fair to say it's not that great sometimes. I love y'all, but when you have a standard of excellent set, it's kind of hard to do some of the stuff that we're hearing because we're so used to a certain level of quality from our veterans and trendsetters and these dudes that sold basically millions and have changed the game. And one thing that I struggle with, and I kind of alluded to this before, when we hear our veterans trying to sound like everybody else, Troy kind of alluded to this too, a lot of people saying they're king, but trying to sound like the, the kids in the court, like you can't claim king if you're trying to sound like everybody else. That's one right. thing that I'm struggling with. And we I wouldn't say that because there's a lot of great music out there that a lot of people miss, but from those 90s artists who changed the game, there has been a little bit of disappointment. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say this. Uh, next Drew Hill project, yikes. Mm-hmm. I made sure that they, 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 they sound like Drew Hill and in in, at their best. Classic Drew Hill song, classic Shane Cisco, like, and then players in the group. So you got double whammy. Like, it's 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 gonna be re- you're gonna be very, 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 very proud and happy that you know you hear it when you hear these songs, especially that single. It's it's gonna it's gonna be like thank you. I promise <laughs> that's exactly what you're gonna say. You're gonna say thank you, goodness, God. Yeah, I got hyped on the Christmas album. I was like, okay, well, that was done. That was done in ten days. (laughs) I had to do that in ten days because I had the songs already. Mm. Yeah, it was funny. I'm looking at my, I'm looking at my questions right now, Troy. And the next question was just. Is Drew Hill's new album going to be good? So thank you for answering that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nah, you, nah, because I was not having Cisco do skippity do that song. Uh-uh. Not under my watch. Heck thank no. Thank you. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, sir. Like, especially when they're not expecting him to do that. So it makes it easy to do because it's just traditional R&B to me. But the songs are actually really, really good. And... Um, but but I, I I did this with precision, making sure that the the classic sounds are there. Um, Cisco is doing your classic songs like the his ad libs and and everything is classic. Yet it's just refreshing. It doesn't sound like they're trying to reinvent themselves. It sounds right. like they're picking up where they left off. And since I've I, you know I, I'm not doing this on a oops. I'm doing it strategic. I made sure that each song represents them well in today's market. But our generation needs to have 
you know, that comfortability when we turn the radio on because it becomes uncomfortable when you hip-hop after hip-hop after hip-hop after hip-hop after hip-hop after hip site. Okay, all right. And now you got both radio, you got radio stations competing with each other. So they played it, we got to play it. Oh, they played it twice, we got to play it twice. Oh, they played it on the hour, we got to play it on the hour. So you can't escape it. You go to another station, it's the same song. So I need I need you here to come back, and they're about to come back with this song, and it's going to be crazy, and I'm excited. In your and opinion, though, Troy, why do you think that, like, so many – I love this approach that you're taking – with, like, we're going to take it back to basics, we're going to be different, we're going to go with what we know. Why do so many veteran artists, why do they decide not to do that? Is it just because, because it be I just do what everybody else is doing? No, it's because they want to be cool. Period. They want to be cool. They want their record. They go to the club. So they want their record in the club, too, when they're there. They want their record to play with all the rest of the hip-hop stuff so they could be cool and sit in the VIP and, and stand there and look at the girls while their record is playing. But if they're doing Urban AC in their mind, they won't, when they go to the club, they'll be standing there, sitting there, listening to everybody else's music. They want to be cool, and they want to hang with their peers. That's why. That's what this is all. They don't want to, in their mind, Urban AC is old. You'll skew old if you do that, and you won't be in the club. So it's like we got to do records that hang with the, the hip-hop so that, you know, because a lot of R&B singers hang with hip-hop artists. Yeah. So if, you're with your yeah. Fav- if you're with your homie, your hip-hop, your R&B singer, and you're with your hip-hop homie, he has records on the radio, and your songs are just like on Urban AC. You both go out to the club. You're standing in VIP. They're playing his records, but they're not playing your records. How do you feel? Mm. You feel like you need to do records so that you can they can play along with your homie who's in hip hop and they're playing all his records. So that's what they do. It's all to be cool. So yeah. music suffers. <laughs> it's so funny how oh, yeah. simple you made that. We have discussed this one thing. I don't know how many times on this podcast. You just broke it down with they just trying to be cool. And that's probably exactly that's what it, what it is. is. Look, look at what it is. They hang with hip-hop artists. If they hang with hip-hop artists, their records are not going to be played at the same time because they're doing R&B, and in the club, it's all hip-hop. So they got to get swigged and get their little swag up. They got to you know, do their little skippity-doo. They got to do all that because the hip-hop artists are doing it, and they need to sing, and they need to be played in their mix. Right, right with them. So they gonna put the auto tune on, and they gonna, you know, get their little cadences right and flow. Oh yeah, they play my little right after yours, homie. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> exactly what it is. Ed, exactly I'm gonna need uh, Ed, I'm gonna need Chris Brown to stop hanging out with Twenty One Savage and hang out with your boy Keith Sweat. Well, (laughs) something needs to be done because I'm sick of my R&B singers rapping and I'm sick of my rappers singing. Like, everybody stay to their lane and I will be happy. Well, that's what I'm saying to you. That's why I said, truth be told, rappers really want to sing. Young Thug really wish he he could sing. He really does. Oh, my gosh. Yes, he does. He (laughs) He really wants to sing badly. And you know what I do love about Young Thug is that when he does it, he does with such conviction and passion then I look at my R&B artists, and I'm like, y'all just trying to be cute. Y'all not giving me that gut bucket, like, feeling, emotion 
Y'all trying to eat foods, but make sure you sound good. I don't want that. I want my heart is broken, and I need you to be with me. I want that pain in your vocals. And now it's like when I hear the rappers singing, they sing with all their heart, soul, and mind because they wish they could sing. And that makes people who can't sing sing along with them. Now they're popular because I can sing along with them. I can't sing along with them, but I can sing along with them. And now I want to hear more of that because I can. I feel a part of it when I'm in the club, tipsy and drunk. And though I don't know what that is like, I've never been either. But it makes people feel like they can stick their chest out and sing along with it. Remember Fetty, Fetty Wap? Yeah, you like Fetty Wap. Like, oh, my God, yeah. Like, <laughs> whatever you want to say, when you got in the club, everybody felt they could sing that song, and they sang it loud. <laughs> he sang it nice and loud. Did he keep it going? No. That's his responsibility. Nobody's there to teach him to be consistent. So, Damn. that's I get it. But, yeah, that's what it is. Everyone wants to be cool, and there's a way to do both, but they don't think of it that way. Yeah. I, I want to ask Ed. you guys this one, though. Yeah, go ahead. What do y'all think about undecided? Mm, <laughs> I, let, me, let me be real with you, dog. Let me be real. Mm-hmm. This is... It's like I like it, but I wonder if I like it because of the sample. Because the sample like draws me in, yep. and it's nostalgia, mm-hmm. and I'm like, this is my mm-hmm. joint, and Shawnee's with my girl, mm-hmm. and I love mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if I love it because of Shawnee, or if I'm loving it because of Chris. I haven't de- I'm undecided, dog. I'm undecided. Look at you. Pun intended? <laughs> <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> Pun intended? Okay. Well, I think like this. I think, it's, I, I think it is. Uh, what you're saying is because of the original song. But here's the yeah. thing. If you can make people feel like they're familiar with something, again, they love it. So now if you can cross generations and, and knock them out at one time, you got a smash hit. So it's introducing it to the new generation because they don't know. They love it. Right. And it's introducing it's bringing it back for us. So you got a double whammy. You got familiarity. You got oh, I remember the song. Oh, you don't remember the song? No. What, what song was that? Then you got nerve to play I Love Your Smile, and they look at you like, oh, that's whack. I don't like that. <laughs> it's like, okay, you know what? That's not for you. This is for me, and that can be for you. So we're in the household. I'm going to play my I Love Your Smile, and you're going to play Undecided. But either way, we're singing that same melody. Right. <laughs> it, so it's, and it's crazy because so it reminds me of, like, when we were younger, when Puff was on his thing and he was doing his 70s samples, and we were like, oh, this yep. is crazy. And then our, grand, our yep. parents were like, man, that ain't nothing but real. I'm starting, I'm like, man, yeah. I'm becoming my parents because I'm like, yeah. I'm liking it because that was my joint. But yeah. am I liking it because of Chris or am I liking it because of the familiarity? So it's a weird yeah. place to be in. Yeah, but it's, remember the big payback, James Brown? Oh yeah, and you got the ben- you got the Benjamins, like you know so your grandfather's like, oh, you don't know nothing about that James Brown, a big payback boy. I got that right about that, boy. I got damn right that boy. You don't know nothing about that. I don't know about no Biggie. I don't know Biggie who biggest big, big small. I don't know nothing about that. But that big payback, that record right there, I tell you what, that was back in the, it was like seventy. I don't remember, but you know we was 
we would pull, and that's where they go. And they go there, and the generation at that time goes where they're at, and together you got a big record. You know what I mean? It just it, it knocks down across generations and brings everybody together. Each record that comes on the radio that does that, you know, Puff, that's what Puff did. He brought generations mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. And and now we're back in that with, you know, a hit maker. He's doing a young bird. He's doing that a lot now, um, pretty much like the 90s and giving you familiarity and samples and everything. Uh, you, you might not make a lot of money off of it, but you will be cool. <laughs> you will. Go, go back to that word again, cool. Like, yep, doing it to be cool. So I think that, you know, if if you can bring the generations together in the club at that moment in time, you whatever that record is, that's that's what that's what it's gonna be a hit because everybody's on the same page. Right. Right. Now let's get back onto Drew Hill for a second, because man, when we found out that Playa was gonna be a part of this, we got excited because mm-hmm. you and I are both huge Playa fans. But Sorry, what man. do you and you know, with Jazz not being in the group anymore, and Jazz is a beast by himself. He's he's a monster, mm-hmm. but Smokey and Black, part of the group, what do they bring to the group that they might not have, or what did you do with them to add them into the group? Well, since they're all singers, 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 mm-hmm. um, as long as Cisco sounds like Cisco, you're going to always have Blue Hill. Playa, on the other hand, never really got a chance to break through to have a sound. They have a song, Cheers to You, Cheers to You, but they don't have a sound that everybody collectively could get with, you know what I mean? So, so it's not so you're not missing player. You're only missing cheers to you. You know what I mean? Um, so th- what they're doing is they're giving Cisco a breather when he's on stage. That's what Jazz used to do. Tail Tail's still in the group, but they used to they used to give Cisco a breather to be able to you know catch his breath and not sing do the whole thing. Um, so. Their, but their texture, their tone, their harmonies are dumbified. And I tell you, because when Player came out, I told them I was the fourth member. I don't care what none about that. I was the fourth <laughs> member of Player. And, you know, so working with them, and I worked with Static before you passed, um, it was a dream come true for me. But what they bring to the group in, in Drew Hill is, like, texture and tone. Like, yeah. you put Cisco on that, you it's like, Whoa, you know what I mean? So the way we utilize it is that, you know, it's the setup. Sometimes Cisco will go first, but sometimes Cisco will come in that B section and bring it all together. So we used it strategically, but it, it, it still makes you feel like Drew Hill hasn't been tainted. Yes, I miss Jazz, and I wish Jazz was in the group. However, that's a personal thing with Jazz. is just, you know, personal battles within himself that he has to deal with and get over with whatever the case. But um, it, it, it just definitely, because even on the Christmas project, Jazz came kind of crept in at the end, and I had to place him in the records. You know what I mean? But that was it. Um, he's still a beast. He's still dope. You know, um, you just got to figure it out. And in the meantime, the, Drew Hill is still touring. They still do shows, so they need help. And, uh, um, what's his name, Tamir? Anokio, uh, he's been friends with them for a long time. So it was like, shoot, y'all might as well just come with us and, and just do that, and then we'll have a section where you can sing cheers to you, and everybody go, oh, I didn't know that was them. And, uh, uh, you know, so 
it worked out really well, but on the album, you're going to just get different textures and tones, and, and Cisco is still going to be there to make that Drew Hill, to give that Drew Hill classic sound. Nice. Now, Troy, I got to tell you, Ed, one of our uh, guilty pleasures, mine and Ed, is LOL Smiley Face by Trey Songs. And yeah. of course, that's mm-hmm. like a super, that's a super, super trendy song. So I guess the question is, is it ever necessary for an artist to create a trendy song? Because oh, we're over here complaining about artists doing trendy music all the time now, but is there a time for that? Or is any trendy music uh, damaging to an artist's career? Uh, well, first and foremost, we did LOL Smiley Face uh, to get for the kids, specifically for the kids. Because Trey came on the scene, he kind of like skipped over his generation. Um, so yep. we kind of like did just for the kids, and it wasn't supposed to be taken seriously like that. And it was it was doing well on the radio, but the record company, they were embarrassed. It was like, it's like, yo, this is corny, and it's not, it's not for you. So, But on the top of that, while they're texting each other, telling each other it's corny, they're using what? When they say something funny? LOL. So it's like contradicting. You're contradicting yourself because you yourself are still putting LOL smiley. You're still putting LOL in your text. You're still using it, but you're embarrassed because it's not cool enough for you to go play for your, your A&R friends. And right. so, therefore, you're embarrassed. But the kids, on the other hand, love it. So it's like, yo, we got Soulja Boy on it. We got Gucci Man on it. Like, what? What you going to say? Like, the kids love it. It ain't for you. And you got to say, ah, you got invented sex. Don't let the kids have this. So it was really, really overthought. Um, it was really climbing up the charts, and Atlantic shut it down because it was doing well, better than they thought it would, and which was even more embarrassing. So they were haters. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, to your point, Kyle, I, when we talk about trending music, to me, when it comes to trending, it's, it's just got to fit your vibe. Trey in '09 doing that song is a lot different than I wouldn't want Joe in 2019 to do no LOL smiley face. No. So if it fits that era, yeah. you straight. So I had no problem with him doing it. I thought it was a really, I mean, like Troy said, it was goofy. It was clever. It was silly. But I, I, yeah. it was something endearing about yeah. it. I, I thought it was really fun. I still rock it to this day. But no, I, mm. I don't want nobody who's been in the game 30 years singing no stuff like that. That's kind of my right, beef right, of the right. day, but don't get me started on that again. <laughs> so Ed, are we putting uh, are we putting Soldier Boy in the Rap Hall of Fame because he managed to rhyme morning with horny? A player. I have talked about Soldier Boy so much this past week. I do not want to hear your boy's name because oh my, oh that's a whole <laughs> different combo. No, he ain't getting in the Hall of Fame. Okay. <laughs> All right, Troy. Just a couple more questions for you here. Mm-hmm. Um, one probably more controversial than the other, so we're gonna go with the more controversial one. Uh, Ed, I'm going to name two artists. One is Ed's favorite artist of all time. Oh, here we go. And the other one isn't. Here we go. We're not going to go with what we normally ask because we need to ask Troy the tough question. Troy, who are you rocking with, Bobby Brown or Keith Sweat? Oh, Bobby Brown. Um, (laughs) Bobby Brown. Only, listen, um, Keith Sweat is 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 a very important era to New Jack Swing. I was working in the record store when both of them came out. However, Bobby Brown rep- represents when they came out New Edition. That's, they were my age. So it was like their childhood for me. Keith Sweat represents the, uh, you know, moving into adulthood era for me in the New Jack Swing. 
But because Bobby Brown holds a, a more, you know, dear, because I used to do, I used to be in groups. So, you know, it kind of like gives me a little bit more, it brings me back to my you know, younger days and it, it makes me feel a type of way. But pre-sweat represents the Troy's about to be, you know, he's in his early 20s and, you know, become a man. And so they're both important, but I'm going to go with, I'm going to start, I'm going to go with Bobby Brown because I watched him, you know, literally kill after that first album, King of the Stage, <laughs> the first Jacquees album. <laughs> Yo, he was when he, when he said King of the Stage, everybody's like, huh? He's you? And what is Michael Jackson then? Like, sir, you know, because think about that. That was his. That was his era of saying, you know, he's the king of something. Like, no, you're not. You, and it failed. You know what I mean? So it was like even worse. But that second album was like, you know, when that album came out, New Edition and and uh, Any Heartbreak and Don't Be Cruel came out the same day. I was working mm-hmm. at the record store. I remember. And me and my boy who was in the group, I was in the group with, we were both working at the record store. And that particular day I was working the register and he was working the, you know, the turntable. So because I was that kid, when you come into the record store, who's going to tell you what to buy? You know what I mean? I was that kid. So on this mm-hmm. particular day, he, he raised both albums up and he was like, which one first? So I had to start with New Edition. I had to start with New Edition you know, Jam and Lewis did that, you know, all that whole album, and then L.A. and Faith did six on Don't Be Cruel. So it's like, I got to do, I got to do Any Heartbreak, you know, New Edition, starts with them, and we listened to the whole album, and then we listened to Bobby Brown's album, and it was like, I think Bobby won. I think he beat them, mm-hmm. because he had more radio records. They had a, a New Edition had a great project, body of work, with the interludes and the skits and all of that, but Bobby Brown had Don't Be Cruel, Rock With Jeroni, uh, My Prerogative, yikes. Like, he just kept going. They had Taste and Rain, If It Isn't Love, I'm Stopping Now, I'm Stopping Now, I'm Stopping Now. Uh, what? Give me another one. Uh... They played other records on the radio. Sorry, that's, you know, my no, that's about it. Yeah. So, but but the, what we remember off any heartbreak is Cage and the Rain, mm-hmm. and if it isn't love, and maybe Boys and Men, depending. But standouts for sure, Can You Stand the Rain, and if it isn't love, against Don't Be Cruel, My Prerogative, Roni, Rock With You. It might be one that I'm not thinking about that slipped in at the end, but those major records right there, they killed, they killed, Bobby killed them. So that's why I'm going with that, with Bobby. Ed, are you now convinced that Bobby Brown is better than Keith Sweat? Um, I won't go that far, but I do accept that it was a very well-thought-out answer. I don't agree, but that's a still very well thought out answer. So yeah, I think it's a preference. I think it's a preference because Bobby Brown, because he represents an era for me that right. hits me differently than the era that Keith, you know, thinks. Talent-wise, um, I'm going to go with Keith because of the writer that he is, and he is an era of, he is the beginning of New Jack Swing. So he's important, too. I just got to go, I just got to start with Bobby because it started with Bobby with me and music. Yeah, I ain't mad at it. There you have it. <laughs> All right, 
Oh, Troy, I want oh, your take oh, yeah. on this. And, and, then, and then, hold up. Every little step, that's the one with Bobby. With yeah, the, yeah, there you go. Oh, hey, how yeah, would you get that? Yeah, 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 yeah. that's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Troy, we want your take on this because Ed and I have been deba- debating this off the air. Um, as you know, R. Kelly got dropped from uh, his label yesterday, and we're trying to figure out, is that really that damaging to his career um, if he goes independent? Because I don't personally think so, but we'd like your opinion on it. No, you know, I was I said that exact same thing last night. R. Kelly got dropped, but I don't think that it's a big deal because he's been on there forever. Number one, we're in an independent stage. Number two, that him getting dropped isn't a damage to the part. That that uh what you call it is damaging. Um him getting dropped isn't isn't gonna hurt him more than the whole docuseries. I don't I don't know if R. Kelly brings back something it brings out something hot if people are going to respond like how we normally do when he comes out with something. So that independent thing might not work for him too much. I don't think so, unfortunately. No, and I'm with you there. I feel like when it comes to, first of all, it's just, and I don't want to, I feel like we've discussed this topic a thousand times, so I'll just keep it brief. But I think when we hear First of all, a lot of people don't understand who were not around. If you if you started if your music fandom started in 2000, and then you watch the docu series, and you're saying, "Whoa, how didn't such and this should have happened years ago?" and blah blah blah, like this, it's a different time. And at the end of the day, R. Kelly was blazing hot. He had a lot of people mm-hmm. protecting him because if he went down, the whole industry would be affected. Yeah, this is 2019. Yes. The whole label would they would make Every a lot of money. Label, all those people you were writing for, like so many people would go now. So 2019, yep. Kelly's a legend, but he he ain't hot in the streets like he was. So unfortunately, he's an easier target. So yes, he's gonna get dropped. Yes, he's gonna get bumped. But the thing is, to me, the only thing that's gonna really hurt him is when he stops getting booked for these little weird tours or the latest time I wipe my tongue and all that. Stuff like that stuff. When that goes down, that's when he's gonna feel it. As far as him getting knocked from the label, I, I think he'll be all right. Well, I won't say he'll be all right. I don't think it's a death blow. Yeah, I mean it'll be. I think he's done. Yeah, we're gonna play. I I mean, I I think we're gonna play his music. So look, I separate the man from the music personally because they're two different beasts. he has songs that are are that are you know detrimental to R and B. And yes, I get I don't side with what you know he's done. I think he needed really deep help. Um, but the songs that he put out, if we do that, then technically we really shouldn't be listening to the Temptations because what David Ruffin did to Tammy Terrell, um, mm-hmm. like what? Like we we weren't supposed to be supporting the Temptations on that. Maybe because it wasn't a big enough story. But uh, that was deep. Um, so we've had history of R&B singers doing the craziest stuff, but we, oh, you know, now with social media, that's the difference. Right. Social media beats it in your head and puts it in your face and can take a real quick clip and freeze it and paint the picture for you, making you think that's exactly what was going on when it's not. You know, we talk and, about Bill Cosby. We, Bill Cosby was just doing what everybody else was doing. Mm-hmm. They, everybody was doing the same thing. They're using the same drugs and 
you know, <clears throat> women knew what they were doing when they were with Bill Cosby. I'm sorry, I'm not excusing it. Um, but they knew, you know. Um, those girls, R. Kelly ain't chained those girls up. And I so happen to know a survivor from it who is not trying to feed into the thing and get on camera and talk about it, but she told me everything. And she got out, she left, and she ain't worried about it no more because she knew it was up to her. It wasn't him. He didn't force mm-hmm. her to do that. He mind manipulated, but she made a choice. So it's like, on one hand, he's, you know, he's got issues and problems and very disrespectful to women and, you know, disrespectful to his legacy. On the other hand, uh, where were the parents? That right. question is still going to stand. Where were the parents? Well, we saw in the, the documentary they were trying to get paid. You saw the whole parent that was up there. It was like, <laughs> yeah, but oh, we you knew saw, he was you crazy, saw but we were trying to get the Yeah, and plus, one said our daughter was, was mad at us. Your 17-year-old daughter's mad at you, and you care because of what? I'm right. sorry. Or maybe because I'm old school. My mother looked at me and grit those teeth and be like, I wish you better not say a word. <laughs> now you can't do that now. <laughs> you, are you calling the cops? Like, I didn't call them so they could take you from me, and now you're going to be screaming when they put you with another family, and you're going to think about that. <laughs> okay, and I'm honestly, sorry. No, we can't. Yeah, we can't go back. We can't. I just feel no. like, and, and you know, I, again, Kyle, I don't want to go too deep in this because we've been over it a thousand times, but I do feel like going to what Troy was saying, and I, everybody knows knows my history. I ain't defending this dude at all because I've torn him apart for years way before this. But we live in an era, an era of social media where you're going to get shamed. So you just better ride this wave, and that's where the pressure mm-hmm. is coming from. And back in the yep. 90s, you're not going to get that because, obviously, can you imagine if this happened in the, and people going to whine and cry? But remember when y'all were coming at Michael Jackson in the nineties about them kids? And if a doc yeah. and there's a documentary planned on this, we gonna see if y'all yeah. keep that same energy that y'all got yeah. for Kelly when y'all come from MJ, or is it gonna be a whole bunch of well butts? So Yeah. That's why a lot of these think pieces I ain't really buying. And again, I'm not defending dude at all, but it's easy to go at somebody who is on the downswing of their career who is an easy target and a real venerable legend that's still highly respected. And that's why we kind of turn a blind eye when the Dave and Ruffins do this or when the so-and-sos do that or when your mm-hmm. favorite rapper beats his wife or whatever when they steal hot or Drake at the concert being creepy with some old people. Oh, he's just playing. But somebody you <laughs> yeah. like, then we tear him up. So, again, yep. if you're going to go hard, go hard for everybody. Keep that energy. That's all yeah. I'm saying, yeah. dog. They yeah, can tell yeah, my business, but that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I I, I built um <clears throat> I built a whole I took a whole persona and a vibe and built a, a, an artist off of it, a star off of it. So, you know, I watched Aaron, I watched R. Kelly take whole Aaron's whole style and turn it into his own. So it Ooh, worked. Now we talking. I did, I did I did the same thing for Trey. I'm like, okay. Here's what here's what Aaron did for Charlie Wilson, and here's what R. Kelly did to Aaron. So you know it's it's a thing that works if you do it right. And so I did it right, and now you know I can't be responsible for R. Kelly's uh, personal life, but I will tell you this: when he was in trouble, 
from pitching on that girl, he couldn't go anywhere. I went out to vocally produce some R. Kelly records uh, because he couldn't go. And that's one is mm-hmm. Bump, 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 B2K, and the other is Girlfriend, B2K. So mm-hmm. I did those records because he couldn't leave. Um, and it was still, you know, at that time, it was like everyone the video side. I actually still never have seen that video. And I know it was him in the video. I, I, that's not, a, you know, a discrepancy for me. But I had never seen it. Kind of part of me didn't want to see it because it's like I don't want to see that and have that in my right. head. Um, but I did have a studio on 23rd Street that had bills, so I needed to get my bills paid. So um, I didn't, I'm not excusing it. Um, I think, uh, you know, what's done in the dark will come to light, and, you you know, karma is real. And you have to come, you know, you have to face up to the, the consequences of your actions, and I think that's what he's doing now. I think the karma's come back, come to, you know, to get him, and I think that, you know, it's time to pay up on all that he's done that wasn't right. And that's simply what it is. Like, he's now it's just his time for retribution, and that's what's happening. Mm. See, guys, great discussion, by the way, but I'm just thinking, like, I was talking to Ed about this yesterday, and I feel like him being dropped from the label, although damaging, I don't necessarily think it's career-ending. I feel like, especially now, because this is the perfect opportunity, and I'm not supporting him or condoning him for whatever, but if he drops a record right now, the curiosity clicks of people that just want to check out what he's putting out, it's at an all-time high. And I feel Mm -hmm. like, you know, we talk about we're all going to mute R. Kelly. I don't necessarily think it's even possible to do that. I guarantee you if you're at a club tonight and someone plays ignition, are people really going to walk out of that club? I don't know the answer to that. I really doubt they would. But if he puts out a hot record, and I mean, it's been a while since he's had a hit, let's be honest. But if he Mm -hmm. puts out a hot record, I don't know how people are going to react to it. I think they're just going to enjoy it as opposed to walking away from it. Yeah, well, question I can answer it because my coworker went to a club last night and she was telling me this. She went to a club, DJ was playing it. He went to the point where he was like, I'm about to play this record, y'all. I don't know if y'all going to be cool with it. And he played, I think he played Ignition Remix. She said, because I was like, how did the crowd react? She she booed. <laughs> she said she booed. Like a couple other people booed. Most people were just kind of like, and I think this people felt uncomfortable. Cause I think, I think they don't want to be they don't want to be seen rocking with it because they don't want to be judged. Not because they feel I'm like it's, they, you, that it's more so. Uh, I don't want nobody seeing me rocking with R. Kelly. Exactly. That's what <laughs> I'm saying. Not because about they don't like comedians. the record. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It puts that's, you on blast. That's what's happening. Yep. Put you on blast. You you better not say I love this R. Kelly song right now because you're supporting him. Ah. Like no, I'm not supporting <laughs> him. I. I still love the song. I don't care what nobody says. Like, right. you can say what you want to. The song is still dope. Yeah, but you're supporting his music. Yeah, I am supporting his music, not his actions. Right. This is different. <laughs> let's just keep it. Let's keep it all the way separate. Like, I, I'm not. I'm not. So, yeah, but if you buy or if you stream his music, he gets paid. Yeah. Well, you can't stop that from happening. So, um, I bought the albums. I have all R. Kelly's albums. It's done. It is what it is. And it has nothing to do with his personal life. I'm sorry. You know, and, and, and for what it's worth, he's been telling us all along who he is and throughout his music, and we ignored it. So we need to take responsibility for it, too. 
There you That's my point. There you Nick, go. Nicky said, age ain't nothing but a number. He said it right in front of our face. And we knew down he ain't married the girl. Yeah. Yeah, we knew it. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't protest. Nobody protests. Okay, they annulled the marriage. Yeah, whatever. So what? How did they get married in mm-hmm. the first place? Who who, right. who let that go? <laughs> That's crazy. Like what? Yeah. She she was able to get married in the pants and shut it down. Like the, yeah, like oh, they they snuck off. Really? Okay. Well, how 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 was she with him so long to be able to do something like that? Mm-hmm. It's questions. You know what I'm saying? We have to. All I'm saying is not condoning it. I'm just saying we have to take responsibility as well. We 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 were watching him say all this stuff. It was in his music. He said it. My mind's telling me no, but my body's telling me yes. I'm struggling here. <laughs> I have some issues right now. He said it to us. He said it. Clear. He's. He said it, and none of this stuff is new. The only thing that was new in that doc was the whole, um, I guess he wrote the um, Michael Jackson song for the girl that had the, that um, terminated the pregnancy. That was the only thing I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Everything else, y'all, oh. this stuff was oh, new. Oh, wait, I think I missed that one. Pull up, I, 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 back up, back up, back up. Back, you missed back that? Up. I oh, you I guys are going to... You guys are gonna ruin your your R. Kelly memories with that one. That you're gonna ruin I did every not know that. you have to that song. <laughs> That's what it Whoa, said in the doc. Oh, yeah. I missed that one. He had to terminate oh, one of his women. He had to terminate the pregnancy, and she said that "You are not alone" was for her because he called her and said Ooh. that's what was said. <laughs> that was the that one that one hit your boy. That was the only thing. Everything else though, we knew. Y'all knew. We wow. just didn't care because he was hot. Let right. your let Drake some stuff come out about Drake now. Nobody's gonna care because he's hot. But twenty years from now, we're gonna be like, how did we let this happen? Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Yeah, and <laughs> please don't tell me that the uh, Trapped in the Closet series was based on a true story too. Oh my gosh, we ain't gonna go with that though. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, nobody say anything about that though, did they? they? No one brought that up. No, they, they just said they it, you know they they mentioned they it to how clever anything. it was. Right. Yeah, they were just saying how clever and genius it was. Okay, good. <laughs> um, man, Troy, it's been a great discussion with you. We got to get out of here pretty soon, but uh, tell the people what you're working on. Of course, Drew Hill is one, and are we working on new Kevin Ross as well? That's a good friend of ours on the podcast. Yes, um, yes. yes. Uh, Kevin is in the is in transition mode, uh, trying to move from uh, Motown right now. He wants to venture out and 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 work and and see if he could get another look from somewhere else in his in his stage where he is uh, creatively. Um, so he, I'm, I'm letting him, when I say letting him, I'm not saying as in giving him permission, but I'm kind of like, you know, uh, letting him spread his wings and, and creatively and see what he can do on his own as a man now, you know, uh, but I'm still involved with it and, and making sure he's happy and, and doing what he's supposed to do. Um, Devin Culture is my artist, a soulful falsetto strong artist that it's been hard for me because um, falsetto is not something that you know anyone's doing right now so it's like it always skews older but my mission is to make it mainstream 
and young kid who, you know, looks great. He's young, but it's that he just got that falsetto, and that's his comfort zone. So I'm, I'm in the process of I've been working on that to get that to the forefront in mainstream R&B, get him a situation. Um, I just released a song, a clip of it, a song called Badass, and it's just really a, um, a booty anthem, like, you know, the best booty anthem, like, it's really dope. It's really a dope song. Um, I don't particularly curse, but I guess ass is not a curse word unless you use it that way. But, <laughs> um, but it, the song is very clever. It's very, it's very um, flattering to women with, you know, who look good in their little sundress or their thong or their jeans. And so I just put a little clip out on that on my Instagram. Uh, but Devon Culture is my main focus right now as far as what I'm doing. Um, I also did music for Star. This is my third season. Um, it's been really, really fun to be able to create uh, different songs for scenes um, without feeling like, oh, it's got to be trendy, it's got to have this, it's got to have that. It's just clever, you know, for the scene, uh, and, and the girls do it. It goes along with, the, you know, the, the, the storyline or whatever the case. But that's been interesting. It put me into TV. So now I have TV under my belt, and I'm looking forward to just continuing on, maybe going somewhere else and another show or whatever and try to get more work that way, take the skills that I learned for all three seasons of Star. So that's what I'm doing. Cool. And then lastly, what about Trey Songs? He just dropped that birthday project a couple of months ago. I wasn't really feeling it, but are you guys working on anything else? Well, Trey and I worked uh, a couple of weeks, a few weeks before he dropped that music. Um, he had already had that music slated to come out. But the music that he and I did in that week that I was with him is so freaking dope that if mm. you heard it, you would just be pissed that he didn't put that out instead of what he put out. So it, it, I, I go to say he'll be back, and he'll have the music that everyone wants him to do when he comes back. Um, they just got to get past these two mixtapes. And so now, and they did, because, it, you know, music comes out and it goes so fast. I mean, yeah. I can't even believe it. It's like, yo, you heard that? Oh, yeah, yeah. It just came out. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> what? What do you mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, what? Yeah. It, Wayne ain't been out in years. He finally comes out. I asked some of the kids, you know, the, after the weekend that it came out, Yo, y'all heard Wayne? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we heard that. What? What do you mean? <laughs> so what are you saying? Oh, yeah, it's it's good. So he, what? You're not, no, no, it's dope. It's cool. But your tone is saying, okay, I'm done with it. Like, how is that possible? Well, that's what it is. They they consume music and faster, and you got to keep it going because they feel like, okay, now that I got it, it's old. Yikes. Imagine that. Imagine Thriller coming out. I'm still listening to Thriller and discovering new things about that album. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm like, what? Like, oh, snap. I didn't know that that part was this. I didn't know that was for doing that. And I have the stems. I have some of the songs on there. So I, I'm analyzing the song from a different perspective because I go even harder. So you're talking about kids putting out music. It's like a weekend and that's it. Like, yikes. That's terrible. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I can go on and on. 
Well, Troy, we're going to definitely have to get you back on here in one of our upcoming podcasts. You've been a great guest. And uh, anytime you need Thank our support, you for there. we're waiting on that Drew Hill album. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Yes, please, please, please um, help me uh, just support the, the Devon culture because I promise you, you won't be disappointed. I promise. And then I told people about Trey. They didn't, they didn't, they wasn't feeling me because he sounded like a broke R. Kelly, but now look at it. Exactly. So here's my new, here's yeah. my new one. And I, I'm saying the same thing. Like he's going to be somebody to really talk about soon. For sure. We'll definitely support. Yep. But hey, Troy, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you for having me guys. Thank you. So, Ed, that was Troy Taylor on the podcast. That was a good one. That guy, he knows what he's talking about. That's a good one. He just, like, jumped right in and just started rolling with it. But, um, yeah, great dude. It's good to – that's my first time kind of getting to know him. So, it was good to hear from him. And my man knows his stuff. Are you salty that he picked Bobby over Keith? I'm not salty because he gave an explanation as to why, and it was a good explanation. I mean, that's who he grew up with, so – you know, if that's what you grow up with, that's what you grow up with. Not doesn't mean you're right, but if that's what you grew up with, that's what you grew up with. I kind of feel like I am right. I grew up with uh, Chris Brown, and I think he is better than Keith, so. Well, that shows how terrible your childhood was. <laughs> Damn. Um, one last R. Kelly point. I forgot to mention it earlier. So Omarion posted on his Instagram that he will no longer be performing all of those B2K records that R. Kelly wrote. Bump, bump, bump girlfriend but he will be stopping it after the tour that might be a play it please because he should really if he wanted to do it he should have just done it now but he's doing it for the fans so i'm not going to be too mad Mm, he's doing it for the fans while it's hot right now but in six months when everybody's forgotten about it he'll be back to it i mean i hate to be mr negative when it comes to this stuff but i've just seen this play out before when it comes to we're outraged at the moment and we should be outraged don't get me wrong i'm not saying we shouldn't be we're outraged for the moment, and then when it's something new to be outraged about, ah, who cares? That's old. We forget. That's why I'm yeah. really not here for a lot of this energy. Yep, fair enough. Uh, but you need to Ed, be like me. I'm bitter 24-7. <laughs> exactly. But, Ed, what's going on with SoInStereo.com? Man, there's a lot of stuff going on this week. Um, first of all, I've got to thank my boy Kyle, along with so many others. We had um, my man Charles, Diane, and Desiree. They all participated in our 100 best R&B songs of the 2000s. So that list is live now. We all got together, came up with a list of our favorites, compiled them into one big list, pared it down, and now we have 100 songs from the years 2000 to 2009. Lots and lots of classics. Even have a playlist too. So please go check that out. That was a big labor of love from... Kyle and so many other fans of the Soul and Stereo Cypher. Just check out Soul and Stereo for the top 200 or top 100 songs of the 2000s. That was a really fun list to put together. So thanks again for your help on that player. Also, um, we had a um, really good piece that got a lot of attention. The top 10 songs produced by Brian Michael Cox, a big fan of what we do here. And of course, we're huge fans of his. It was contributed by my man Alex Goodwin, his first post for Soul and Stereo. And B Cop showed us a lot of love for this one online, so big shout out to him. That's our boy. Check that one out too. So yeah, play lots of stuff on Soul and Stereo. 
That's good stuff, and no problem on that list. I managed to get Ashanti in the top 10, so I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I was. it was better than your hopes and dreams of getting Rihanna on the list. Yeah, that, that sunk all the way to the bottom, but it's okay. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> you tried. Oh, man. Um, as far as myself with You Know I Got Soul, Tom is clearly going to be busy for the next couple of weeks raising a baby. So I'm going to have to hold down the fort. I don't really have much going on right now. The only thing that I really have coming up, I have LMA's concert, but that's not for another month. Uh, Lucky Day, who's opening up for LMA, we had him on our uh, 2018 list with uh, his record, Roll Some More. Uh, he mm-hmm. has a new record out, and he's opening up for Ella. So we'll probably find out and learn more about him um, once that concert happens and maybe get an interview with him. But, Ed, I think that's it for this week. We're going to try to get more guests in just because if it's just the two of us, it gets kind of lonely. Let's get another person in to chime in on <laughs> this wonderful genre we know as R&B. Well, we'll have plenty of people because every week there are lots of people who wants to who want to get in, who wants to have their opportunity to share their love, and we'd love to have the voices to it. So don't worry, we always have the door open for a new guest. Man, this was a mega nice. episode. We had a lot to talk about. Yeah, I'm curious to see what the people will think, but the only way to do that is to post this. So we're gonna end this right here, Ed. It's been a pleasure. Shout out to Troy Taylor. We'll see you all next week. All right, we'll holler.